are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I've got Gareth Aird with me, our Head of Australian Economics. Gareth, good G'day. to have you on. It's good, nice to be on again. <laughs> so I guess that chuckle is it's been a big week for the RBA. Mm. We've been busy deciphering both the board statement on Tuesday where they effectively said come back to us in July and we'll work out what we're going doing in terms of the yield curve target and also a third round of quantitative easing. And then today we've just had the statement on monetary policy out where really I think it was it was another surprise where they've upgraded their economic forecast and effectively said the Australian economy is going to boom mm. but no prospects for inflation. What were your overall impressions of this well, big week? Yeah, I mean that, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, the central bank today has produced a very, very optimistic set of forecasts in terms of what they're expecting for GDP uh, and then the unemployment rate. Uh, we've got, we've seen an upgrade of GDP for, which comes in now at five and a quarter percent for 2021, that's the annual average, uh, and then four percent for next year. I mean, they are very, very strong uh, growth, growth outcomes. And off the back of that, they've lowered uh, their forecast profile for the unemployment rate. And they've got the unemployment rate uh, now down at 4.5% uh, at the end of next year. I mean, regular readers of our research and listeners to the podcast will will know that for a lot of the time over the past yeah. year, we've been describing the Reserve Bank's forecast as far too conservative. Um, but we certainly wouldn't say that today in terms of what they've got for GDP or the unemployment rate. Uh, they're actually a little bit more optimistic now than us uh, on both the profile for GDP and the unemployment rate. But where we do differ is around wages and inflation. Uh, they've pretty much left those forecasts unchanged. Yeah. I mean, they've nudged up the, the, the forecast a little bit for underlying inflation and wages. But in an overall sense, um, given the size of the upward revisions to, to growth and downward revisions to the unemployment rate, uh, they're very, very small revisions to inflation and wages. So I guess, you know... Not only do we have to forecast the economy and think about what the RBA is expecting, but we have to use these forecasts to help form our view, not only with ours as well, but what that means for policy going forward. So the RBA on Tuesday said that at the July board meeting, they'll look at if they're going to move the three-year yield curve target to the November 2024 bond or stick with the April, whether or not they're going to do a third round of quantitative easing. How do we need to use these forecasts to assess, I guess, what they're going to do in terms of policy going forward? Do these forecasts matter? And what part of these forecasts matter? Is it the economic mm. activity forecast or is it wages and inflation? Where should we be looking for our clues on the RBA? Look, very, very good questions. Um, look, I think... So So, so we've, we know that they're going to make a decision uh, and an announcement uh, in July, at the July board meeting, around what they do with yield curve control and also with, with mm. QE. And I think um, what we see in today's forecast is that, yeah, they think the economy is going to recover sufficiently, or it's going to be very strong, and you'll get a little bit of inflation off the back of that. And because of that, there is no need to go out to the November 24 bond in terms of 
um, you know, three-year yield curve control. We, we've had this view for a while now that they'll keep uh, the target pegged to the April 24 mm. bond. And I think they're, you know, really optimistic take on the economic recovery or the economic outlook from here, as well as those little upward revisions to inflation and wages to us are a pretty clear signal they're not going to go to the November uh, 24 bond. Now, having said that, though, these forecasts are consistent, though, with doing some more QE, Um, not uh, the kind of rate that they've been doing it to date. I mean, they've done two uh, $100 billion tranches, basically each package over six-odd months, and we think they'll halve that next time, so $50 billion over six months. Um, you know, where, where I think it's getting really interesting, and, and this is what, what markets are going to grapple with from here, is that now that we know the Reserve Bank is expecting the economic data outside of wages and inflation to come in you know, on, the, on the strong, the strong side, side yeah. it's going to be hard to get an upside surprise. Um, and effectively, you know, the central bank will say, well, from a pol- policy perspective, we will be looking through the strength mm. of the economic data because we expect that to, to show up. Um, and we're only really waiting to see what, how the inflation reads or the wages story unfolds in terms of tightening policy. Um, and, I, and I guess that's where we differ. Um, you know, we, we've got a not quite as optimistic uh, profile now as the RBA on, on GDP and unemployment, but we do think that given the strength of the economy, we will actually see inflation and wages accelerate and that is something that the central bank is effectively not expecting and that really underpins their 2024 at the earliest forward guidance on the cash rate. Yeah it's like you know they weren't meeting their inflation target pre-COVID so they're willing to kind of let the economy run a lot faster to see if it's going to come through but how much of their I guess conservative view on inflation and wages comes down to their thinking on the natural rate of unemployment Mm. and at what point given border closures we may see the skill shortages come through the wages pressure come through and this is obviously a topic that we've spent a lot of focus on recently what's the RBA saying on that and do you think that may account for some of the conservatism around the inflation and wages outlook? Yeah, look, again, good questions. I mean, I I think um, what the Reserve Bank has actually done is unofficially um, downwardly revise their estimate for where full Mm. employment is. Um, You know, the Reserve Bank has not in the past ever forecast for it, or certainly in in recent recent memory forecast, the unemployment rate to be 4.5%, but wages growth at just a little over 2%. So they haven't officially said that they've downwardly revised their estimate of the narrow, Mm. but the implication is when you look at these forecasts that that's what they've done which is kind of odd timing in a way because we've actually um we, we're of the view that the NARA has actually gone up rather mm. than down because the international borders are closed and we've talked about this on previous yeah. podcasts but um you know firms can't recruit from abroad like they previously did um, plenty of anecdotal evidence of skill shortages popping up in the economy and that in time will, will translate to um into higher wages growth you know, provided that net overseas migration doesn't ramp up too quickly to the kind of levels that we had pre-COVID. And what, what, what was really interesting today is that in the statement of monetary policy that the Reserve Bank has actually explicitly acknowledged that. And I think that's the first time that they've done that. But they've basically said that there is a link between growth in labour market supply and wages mm. growth. And if it turns out to be the case that the international borders stay closed or that we you know, end up with a low level of net overseas migration for a while that actually increases the probability that wages growth comes through earlier than it would otherwise. Um, and look, it could be, I mean, we, we don't want to read too much into these things, but it could be a subtle um, hint to the federal government that 
if the Reserve yeah. Bank is actually to achieve its inflation target, and if wages growth is to lift to you know 3% or more, which is what they've kind of said is necessary to uh, have inflation sustainably within the 2 to 3% band, that we can't return to the kind of levels of net overseas migration that we had pre-COVID because mm. we know that pre-COVID we couldn't actually, we didn't actually see wages growth at those levels. Um, so it's a fascinating space. Um, we'll obviously see what the government's thinking on that well, next week in, yeah. in the budget. But you know, I think uh, this week has actually been a, a big week for the Reserve Bank, even though they haven't made any policy changes. Um, you know, there's definitely shifts in their thinking and, um, you know, it's making the job of RBA watches a little bit more complicated, particularly given they've thrown out these very strong um, forecasts for GDP and, and unemployment. And nevertheless, still very interesting. Now, we're heading into another interesting week in terms of the budget. Mm. Now, the RBA has come out with very strong economic forecasts. Generally, what we see is Treasury and the RBA have very similar forecasts. What are you looking for in the budget next week? And do you think we might get any more hints as to border reopenings and then the impact on the economy as well? Yeah, so what, what was interesting in the, today's statement of monetary policy is that the Reserve Bank actually put in an explicit forecast for population mm. growth and they've got it at just 0.4% for next year. And you would imagine that they've arrived at that forecast in consultation with the government and what they're thinking in terms of reopening the borders and the flow of people. So you would expect to see a similar forecast for population growth in the in the budget itself next week. I mean, in terms of the economic forecasts that are, that are in the budget, I think uh, for GDP and unemployment, they'll be pretty similar uh, to what the Reserve Bank has put out in the May Statement of Monetary Policy. But it wouldn't surprise me if the, the, the federal government has slightly higher wages and inflation forecasts. And, and the reason I say that is that it was only a bit over a week ago that the government put out a working paper On where Nehru. they estimated the, the Nehru to be between 45 and 5%, with a, um, a point estimate of 4 and 3 quarter percent. That's obviously higher than what the, the Reserve Bank has implicitly got in their numbers today. So I think uh, we'll probably see a little bit um, uh, higher in terms of forecasts for wages and inflation, but Overall, you would expect the, the forecasts in the budget um, for GDP and the unemployment rate to be pretty similar to the central bank. In terms of the budget itself, I think we'll see another very big deficit. Yeah. Um, it'll be less than what the government thought in, in December last year in the MIAFA, but from, by historic standards, it'll still be very big. Um, but I think the good news for the, for the economy and for Australian residents more, more generally is that the government is not going to be going down this, this path of budget repair in, in this year's budget. Mm. Uh, they basically said that we're still in a, a pandemic, and this is a pandemic budget, and there'll be more in the way of spending. And I think that's that's going to be really helpful for the economy. It's certainly going to be helpful for the Reserve Bank in yes. terms of them um, trying to achieve their objectives. And I think um, it, it's a departure from the recent past where pre-COVID we had fiscal policy effectively being tightened because the government was trying to run a surplus. Well, the Reserve Bank was cutting interest rates to yeah. try and stimulate stimulate the economy, whereas you know, right now, both arms of policy are pulling in the, in the same direction. And I think the government has, is now taking on a, a bigger role in terms of demand management in the economy. And they've almost said that they've got a similar objective now to the Reserve Bank, which is to drop the unemployment rate as quickly as possible. And that then in turn, obviously, should see wages and inflation move higher. Can't wait to talk about that on budget night. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be a long <laughs> night, as it's always the case. All right, Gareth, thanks for joining. Thanks, Belinda. Now, you can read our write-up of both the Reserve Bank's 
board meeting, which was on Tuesday, and our statement on monetary policy note, which was published on the 7th of May 2021 on combankresearch.com.au.